The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Dave-O. Now that is how you win a division and you overtake a recent AL Central juggernaut and heavy favorite like Detroit. You win a game like that when you've got a small margin for error down the stretch. You keep a one and a half game lead over Detroit. Alex Gordon comes through on a very happy and emotionally charged edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. What's up? It's Dave-O. Appreciate you listening as we witnessed a textbook edition of Bloop and a Blast there in the ninth inning from Alcides Escobar and Alex Gordon off of the Twins All-Star Closer, and a pretty good one. He's no Greg Holland. He's no Wade Davis. He's no Kelvin Herrera, but Glenn Parkins, definitely a well above average major league relief pitcher, above average closer. Alcides Escobar, Leads off the inning. It took four pitches, by the way, approximately two minutes for that game for that game to end with the Royals down one nothing. Second pitch, I'll see these Escobar. A little bloop job that you figure Danny Santana there in center would get to, but no, it finds green grass. Two pitches later, Alex Gordon gets the pitch up, gets just enough of it to muscle it out to right center, just like that. Four pitches, two minutes. Two runs, Royals victory. And you can say, well, they haven't won anything yet, and you can't say that game won the Central. No doubt. I understand that. I understand that. But baseball, obviously, is, is a, a cumulative sport, as any of them are. You rack up the wins. You rack up the losses. A game now could easily, just as easily have won it or lost it as, say, Nedios making the mistake against Johnny Gomes in Boston. I mean, all the games count pretty much equally. But this one counted a little bit more, didn't it? When you've lost two games in a row, you're coming home as a heavy favorite on paper. You expected to win that game tonight. You're down the whole game. You've got a lot of negativity breeding from the fans, which we'll talk about later. And I'm not just talking about tonight. I'm talking about even after yesterday. And we'll talk about that. We acknowledged last night here that tonight was a must-near win. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm not trying to act like the Royals walked away from the Twins and won the AL Central tonight. But there's a very good chance the Royals or whoever wins this division wins it by a game or two. I mean, you don't think that that kind of win could go a long way, you know, not only regaining momentum for the Royals, any, any win like this is building for the Royals. They're still, I mean, technically, what, no, they're the second oldest team in Major League Baseball because of all the additions, but realistically, their core is still fairly young. So anytime you can come back against a closer, which the Royals haven't done that very much this year, get a win like that, you know, you're, you're going to hear some grumblings. You didn't have a great crowd tonight. There's going to be some grumblings. These guys aren't robots. They're human beings. They read their Twitters when they're, you know, when they're getting negative messages sent to them about how, oh, well, thanks for the run. It's been fun. Hashtag free fall. Oh, really nice at bat there. Great job there, Dyson. Hashtag free fall. I mean, you see that kind of stuff on there. It's, it's not going to help. So uh, the, the fact that the Royals can keep winning games is going to be good because th- this town needs it, and the Royals have earned their 28 years of negativity. I understand that. There's nothing wrong with being a fan and doubting it and saying, well, we're probably going to lose tonight. Ah, damn it, we're going to probably lose three in a row with Hendricks tomorrow. That's not good. That's fine. There's a difference between doing that and going on Twitter and declaring the season over and making a mockery of the Royals, saying in the seventh inning when it's one nothing that this game is over, they're going to also lose tomorrow. They should have won against Baker. Hashtag free fall. And I see people start tweeting at players. That's wrong. Don't tell me you're a diehard fan and don't tell me that doesn't matter. Don't tell me that it's only one on the field. Now, technically it is one on the field, but these guys are not robots. These guys have girlfriends and wives and friends, and believe it or not, they read their Twitter and they listen to sports talk radio and they read the comments on Facebook. Although that's a bad, rec- you know, that's a bad representation of Royals fans. Facebook Royals fans are the worst on that public Royals page. At least there's a couple good ones on there, like diehard Royals fans and Royals fans. A couple others I'm a member of on there. 
Kansas City Historical Society is a great one, obviously. But you get the point. So my point in, in saying that, I went on a mini rant tonight on Twitter, as some of you saw. Not all of you follow me. I don't have that many followers. I'm not that big of a shot. But at Rails Clubhouse, we talked about it. How, uh, to me, it's it, you're not being a real fan. A real fan sits there and is negative and, and has negative energy and has seen this team and stuck with it. You, I mean, I'm not saying you have to believe they're going to win every game, but to get on Twitter and rant about how they suck now and how it's over and Detroit's going to overrun the division, oh, now they're only a half game up. The game had three innings left. They were down by one against the Twins. So write all this negativity to write it to the players. I just don't see how that makes you a true fan, and I'm not trying to have a, a dick fight here who has the big, who's the biggest fan. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, we all spend the money to help the Royals increase the payroll. We all watch the games to help the ratings. We all want them to win, the majority of us at least. I think there are a lot of Royals fans who do like it when they lose. Not a lot, but there are some definitely. But that's just that's just my thoughts on that. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, I mean, this game tonight, with that said, all that, you wanted to win that, especially once you found out this morning that Yordano Ventura was being scratched from his start because of some back issues. Hopefully it's just a one-game thing, but when I hear the word fluid, I don't love that. But Liam Hendricks, a tip of the cap to date more for getting him and, and Kratz for Valencia and, and even bringing up Cologne. I mean, there's no doubt Cologne made the bench better. He can play more positions. He's faster, more of a ball-and-play hitter. He's not a drastic split guy where he can only hit lefties like Valencia. So I like the Cologne addition. Kratz is night and day better over Hayes. Now, some of that should come on Dayton Moore. That's a negative for Dayton Moore and Nebios. Carrying Brett Hayes, even opening day, was a mistake. Well, I mean, that, that shouldn't have taken that long. So with, with, with acknowledging that they did a nice job getting Kratz, that's also acknowledging that that was pretty pathetic that we had Brett Hayes in this roster for so long. But then getting a guy like Kendricks, who's been very good, he throws strikes, he's striking out a hitter parading down on Omaha. I mean, he's not a guy that you want to plug in the rotation opening day next year. But he's fine for a start or two, and you've got more guys on the way coming up next week. And hopefully Ventura will be back. So I'm not too worried about that. I, I do want to talk about Bartolo Colon, those rumors as well. We'll do that maybe tomorrow. Too much tonight. But, I mean, the game tonight, though, Danny Duffy pitched an outstanding ball game. obviously. Six and two-thirds, allowing one run on just four hits. He did walk two, struck out two. Now, Danny, uh, to me, pitched really impressive, especially because Minnesota's been so hot lately. They can score some runs with that lineup. I mean, it's not a fair lineup or anything, but there's some pop in that lineup. There's, there, I mean, it's obviously a, a lineup that's not good enough to beat you when you only have two pitches. I wasn't impressed with Duffy's curveball at all tonight. His, his, uh, his release point was off. The ball was being left up consistently. The Twins did miss a couple of hangers, and Duffy only struck out two. But with that said, he, he was able to get through six and two-thirds and a nice shot with his pitch count. If the Royals have a, a three or four or five spot on the board, he goes seven, possibly eight, probably only seven because his pitch count was getting up there. But some of that was him getting a little nervous there because he had no margin for error, had to you know, focus a little bit more and not be as loose there, which takes a toll on the body as well. So, I mean, I, I was impressed with Danny because the release point wasn't there, the breaking ball wasn't there, but he found a way to get through six and two-thirds, and I didn't think he had great stuff tonight. The Twins could essentially erase that breaking ball or just wait for one up. And the Twins are an okay hitting team. Against a really good team, Duffy probably would not have been able to get away with that. But against the Twins, he did the job. Held an outing again for Dan. He deserved that win tonight. The Royals' bullpen, of course, was terrific and ending in a third scoreless out of Herrera, who was the most unsung hero on this team. Struck out two, gave up one hit in the inning in a third. Stranded that huge runner in the seventh, third base with two outs when Ned went and got him. Give Ned some credit for that again. Another recent theme, all the negativity about Ned Yost. If we lose a game, it's his fault, blah, blah, blah. Well, once again, he made a nice move getting Duffy out and going to Herrera. What would have happened if Duffy gave up a hit there and it's 2 nothing? We probably don't win the game, and everyone would have blamed Yost for leaving him in a hitter too long. Same thing if Herrera would have given up the hit as well. It would have been Yost's fault and for not leaving in Duffy. But it worked out for Ned, and he gets no credit. So my point being, I'm not saying either way mattered in the grand scheme. There's just as good of a chance Duffy would have gotten out of that. 
But for all the negativity about Ned Yost as well, I'm just trying to do my part to change the culture here, guys. We're in first place, 15 games over 500. I'm not saying you can't be negative. I'm not saying you haven't sat through 20 years of garbage baseball, because you have. I'm with you. I'm not talking down to you. I've been out there, too. Watching 155 games since 1988 every single year. I don't miss games. I understand. It, it sucks what we've gone through. But we have a good thing right now. And to see people giving up on the team, ranting after we got shut down by a legitimate pitcher, Pineda, last night, who was damn good last night, if you watched the game, was locating the ball well. Now, tonight, I mean, Scott Baker on Sunday was not good. But to me, it looked like the Royals were on a getaway day, not focused, whatever. That's not acceptable, but... They did take two out of three against Texas. So look at the big picture. They took two out of three against Texas. You can't be pissed. You're not going to sweep and win every game. I know we were spoiled there for a good month. But to take two out of three from Texas, you haven't lost a series since Boston. You lose one game to New York after taking two of three. And then tonight we've got three fall text messages and tweets and attacking players and the game's over. That just, that just I have a problem with that. I have a big problem with that. When you're going public with that and telling players and making these announcements and creating hashtags to mock the Royals, I've got a problem with that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just an 11 year old boy still. Maybe I'm Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year, and I'm just too drinking the Kool Aid, and I should grow up and be negative. And but I look at things with numbers. I understand numbers. I look at the numbers. I look at the stats. I watch the games also. I've been through it with you. It doesn't. You're 15 games over 500. You lost. You took two out of three from Texas. You lost one game to New York, and now all of a sudden we're down one nothing in the seventh inning, and the game's over. We lost. We're down one nothing in the seventh inning after taking two of three and losing one. Listen to. You. Let's just think about that for a second. We're 15 games over 500. A game and a half at first. The game was not over. It was one nothing in the seventh. So that just frustrates me. And I'm if you've got a problem with that, if I'm preaching, then so be it. I love my Royals. I love baseball. This is, like I said, it's, it's not the NFL. It's not, the games are not one of the line of scrimmage in baseball. You don't just overpower every single game, even the matchups in your favor. It's like I said, every, every fifth game, it's a new team because each team has a different quarterback. The starting pitcher is the quarterback in baseball. For example, Nolasco was different tonight than he normally is. Don't, don't blame it all on the Royals. And, and again, I don't want to be Ned Yost here and tip the cap always, but I mean, he was good. He wasn't missing up in the zone. There were a few hittable fastballs that the Royals fouled straight back, including Lorenzo Cain, who continues to have a worrisome streak lately. Now, that is worrisome. He keeps fouling off every hittable fastball up straight back. He can't square them up, and that's a problem. But for the most part, I mean, those weren't home run pitches. Those were single pitches. Maybe he had a gap. I mean, Dyson getting picked off first two games in a row is god-awful, obviously, when he's there to get on base and steal and score runs, play defense, get on base. But in the grand scheme, the Royals, I mean, even the last two games when they didn't score any runs, they didn't pitch either, so it wouldn't have mattered. Had they scored four, people wouldn't have been panicking, and it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, Shields got lit up pretty good last night towards the end there. You know? Same thing on Sunday. So I, I just don't understand all the negativity. To me, it's just it, – it's, it's almost funny to me, but it's not because it pisses me off. This does no good for the city. Uh, one, more, one more comment about this, and you can mock me for self-fulfilling prophecy and mock me for you know saying there aren't robots and blah, 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 just like I believe in runners in scoring position. I believe in clutch hitting. A lot of people don't. They say it's sample size, small sample size. I understand that argument. But you don't think some guys melt down when you have to give, stand in front of a class and give a speech? Or a presentation, some guys are kicking, you know, hit the ball to the ballpark, some freeze up. You don't think a big moment, these guys don't understand with runners in scoring position late in the game, it's, it's not a big moment. You don't think some guys perform better and some perform worse. You think they're all the same? And a bat in the third inning at Oakland in a scoreless game is the same and a tie at bat in the ninth inning, that's the same? 
They're not robots. That's that's my point with that argument, but also with the argument of these guys of the, of the, of the negative culture not affecting the players. When you go out there to the K, we have 30,000 fans. It sounds like a funeral home some nights. And I understand some of that's the Royals aren't giving you a lot to get excited about in the field. Touche. It's been 28 years. Touche. But when you're overly negative and just expecting something bad to happen and playing not to lose, ask the Chiefs how that went in Indianapolis last year. Now, obviously, people sitting in Kansas City saying, oh, they might blow it. Don't give up yet. It's only the third quarter. That This is the Chiefs playing here. Obviously, they don't see that exactly at the moment they're playing the game. But believe me, that culture's there. Those guys know about it. You don't think that sometimes bad luck and negativity happens from negativity? Anyway, I'm getting into a psychology argument here. Let's, let's get back here on the game tonight. There wasn't much going offensively, like I said, with Kane and, and, and the good outing, and Gordon saved the game, and the championship seems to do that, blah, 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 all the stuff you hear. I don't know. That's just where I'm at tonight. I, I just want you to understand if you happen to see my Twitter argument, and you may disagree with me, but I hope you understand my point at least. I'm not saying you have to agree with me, but I hope you can at least see where I'm coming from without mocking me and laughing. I don't mock you. I mean, I disagree with you, but I'm not sitting there mocking you. So tomorrow night, it's Henrix and Hughes. The Royals are going to hit Hughes tomorrow. i got a feeling. They're, they're due. And again, there's the 11-year-old thing of me. It's not like Phil Hughes has been dominant this year, though. His ERA is over north of threes. I mean, he's not caning a whole bunch of guys. I mean, it's, it's Phil Hughes. He's good. He's a good major league pitcher above average. I wouldn't, I mean, but, you know, and, hey, he's better than Hendricks. I mean, they have the matchup tomorrow, no doubt, as far as on the mound goes. I mean, it's a new team, like I said, every five every five days, every fifth day. But the Royals will score some runs tomorrow. I think they'll get, they'll get to uh, to Hughes. It's a matter of how Hendricks will do. I really don't know about tomorrow. I just call it a coin flip game. The Royals are obviously the far superior ball club, but it comes down to mostly starting pitching. Who knows what happens tomorrow? That's why Thursday becomes so important with Tommy Malone against Jeremy Guthrie. Malone, more and more, the more I look at the stats and break down his road versus home and look how he pitched at the Oakland Coliseum. I, I wonder if he's a byproduct of the, of the uh, Oakland Coliseum. He's been dreadful away from there. ERA well over 7-5 since coming over. And Guthrie is Guthrie's pretty good at home. So we'll break down the, that game more tomorrow. But as far as Hendricks and Hughes goes tomorrow, I don't know. Who knows? Your guess is as good as mine. The important thing is the Royals found a way to get a win tonight. They need to win series from here on out. We've been saying it since a, since basically the All-Star break. We basically said it was a long shot for the Royals to get where they're at. Now, they've gotten there, but we basically said they need to sweep three or four series. They can't get swept, and they can only lose two or three series. Well, the Royals haven't won, lost a series since then. So even if they lose the series, as long as they're not getting swept, they're only going to be losing most likely a game a game on Detroit during that, if that. Detroit also got a blow today, of course, with Sanchez being injured. So that helps the Royals' cause. Of course, Infante and Ventura don't necessarily help, and Hosmer hasn't helped in the least. By the way, nice play by Billy Butler today. He's, he's been better than I thought he would at first base. He's been better. Now, with time, and to go back to the sample size argument, it has shown more and more as he plays more out there that there are some deficiencies defensively and that they will eventually, with time, get exposed. But he's been doing a, a good job over there. I mean, he really has. But no doubt Eric Cosmer goes back to first base. That's a different conversation for a different day. But a nice play today by Billy. I'm glad Cologne didn't get injured there as he went over his head to get that foul ball earlier for Danny Duffy in the third inning. So that's it for tonight on Clubhouse Conversation. Appreciate you listening. Sorry for the rant. A little bit longer than I planned on going, but hope you enjoyed it. Understand where I'm coming from. Hope you were able to listen to the Jose Santiago interview be posted earlier today. Got some other exciting ones for you coming up. I've got in touch with a lot of former Royals guys, and I'm excited to bring to you soon on Clubhouse Conversation. Have yourself a good night. Go Royals, and we'll see you out at the K tomorrow night.